DJ and PK reminding you to call Action Plumbing. Get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. PK, you're working a list over there. We don't want to do list radio. but Checking the, it twice. The wealthiest families by state in America. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was I'm really not that surprised to see the James gang in Utah. Yeah, you were. <laughs> well, well so you're admitting it. It came down to Miller and Miller v. Huntsman. That's a nice battle. <laughs> you like to be in that? I wouldn't mind losing a semifinal uh, matchup right there, right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> the Eccles in the semis. Yeah. Was it uh, in Utah, Gail Miller? Uh, I have, it's alphabetical order, so I'm clicking through it, yeah. Okay. But Arkansas. Well, Walmart money. So it's the yeah. Walton family. Uh, correct. Yes. Facebook in California. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah. And he, yeah. Everyone, he's, he and his wife are in like 32, 33. They're in their 30s worth yeah. $74 billion. Holy freak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's in Colorado, shocking. it was the Anschutzes who own tons of sports teams. Yes. The Simplots in Idaho. That's not shocking. The Simplot Games. Got that. All the high school kids in Utah go up for that track and field meet indoors in Pocatello. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Got a big weekend, PK. There is a lot to watch. Uh, Saturday, you've got Weber State and BYU. you got the youths with San Diego State trying to back up that nice win over Kentucky with a nice win over San Diego State, beat a couple of ranked teams, vault themselves into NCAA tournament talk with a couple of wins heading into the conference season. Got Scotty G doing some kind of uh, Iron Man broadcasting performance with the Frisco Bowl tonight. Kent State in Frisco, Texas. Drive down to the airport in Dallas, which is 30, 45 minutes, whatever. Hop a red eye to Florida and then call the basketball game with Florida in the Orange Bowl Classic. That's you got correct. the Jazz again. We just had David Locke on. You got an NFL triple header, multiple division titles on the line and wild card berths with games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Your favorite part of the weekend is? Well, the fact that I'm off. (laughs) 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 A little bit. Off being. I know. You guys only work four hours a day. Well, do you know how many games we watch so we can talk the four hours a day? Yeah. I mean, obviously the Jazz game at 3 o'clock. Is a must tune in, and then right after that, I'll be personally interested in the Utes, Boise State, and oh, Boise in Washington in the Vegas Bowl. Yeah, college basketball, I don't lock down on it in December. Uh, you know, you certainly you you watch it, if but it's there available, are but, right. But there are games you pick yeah. and choose, right? And don't you find the Utes? I was thinking about this. You were surprised how geeked up I was about Kentucky, and everybody's got their personal bias, and one of mine is. I've always loved college basketball in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but that's not until I, March. I played high school basketball. <laughs> everybody does. Right. But uh, I don't know that everybody does. They first. don't like the NCAA tournament? Come on. You may not like college basketball. It's never been in my top three or four by any stretch. But the NCAA tournament, 
Come on, everybody loves that. March Madness, it's got its own designation unlike anything in sports. There's no tournament in the country or in the world, and I don't know about all your silly soccer, but none of that stuff compares to March Madness. Everybody loves March Madness. Ding-dongs who don't even follow the sport whatsoever fill out brackets because then you hear occasionally they win. And now, this year, could the Utes and the Cougars... Just the fact they're back in the hunt, because the last couple of years, by December, I've been willing to dismiss them as turning teams. And the youths last year couldn't even make the NIT, which, as a Pac-12 school, that's horrible. Well, they could have. I don't think they wanted it. That Okay, well, then that's a different flavor of horrible, but it's still horrible. Is it going to be different? Is there at least hope? Sports at every level (laughs) sells hope. So I think of all the topics to pick, you pick the one that has the least amount of interest. That could be. That's, it goes back to personal bias. I love college basketball. But it's been a big old lately. And maybe it's not anymore. And personally, I find that exciting. If I'm ranking my interests, it's going to be college football one, jazz two, NFL football three, baseball. College basketball is on the list. But in December, no less. And it, Come on. You got to beat Kentucky for me to really be that interested. Although they just beat Kentucky, right. so, and, and I am interested they well, back it two up. Two days ago, if they go out and they lose to San Diego State, it takes a lot of the last. So, so we're going to break down college basketball no. in December. <laughs> okay. No, I was about to list all the stuff going on because we have all these seasons overlapping, and I was about to ask you. You're gonna. I know you're going to watch several things this weekend. You're going to text me while you watch several things this weekend. But what's the one you're most intrigued by? Well, it's always the jazz. The jazz rock in this community. It's it's got to be the jazz. I mean, if I want a job, it's, <laughs> it's, got, it's I have to obsess over every possession. I mean, it's a no-brainer 100% of the time. You must be informed on the jazz as much as you possibly can. And now, if they were playing... Uh, a bowl game, you know, tonight's Utah State and uh, Weber tomorrow, so I will certainly be watching those games for sure. But the Jazz take precedence over everything. And then secondly, in our community, it's Utah and BYU football. You've, we have to obsess over those two. It, it, it has no bearing on my personal preference. Last summer, I'm golfing with some Utah fans. And the guy asked me, who do you think is better, Zach Moss or Eno Benjamin? And I said, Zach Moss. He said, well, why do you say that? I said, because I see him play 12, 13 mm-hmm. times a year. I don't see Eno, ben- Eno Benjamin play. I see him play a whole game maybe three times. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. And all, one of them is against one the Utes. One of them is the Utes, <laughs> and you're probably going to watch that Arizona-Arizona State game. If that's I can. Two. Right. If I can, yeah. But a lot of times I can't. I'm right, on a that, road or what have but you. But that weekend they spread games out over two days right. and there's less conflict. Right, right, the right. The problem right, with right. us watching other football yeah. is by the time we watch BYU, Utah, and Utah State, how many hours are there in a Saturday to watch other games? Now, maybe well, there's a bye week and maybe they play at the same time so it opens up other broadcasts. You know what I do a lot? I watch the Pac-12 station the conference games during the week. On the 60 and, they, and 60 yeah. deal. Or not 60 and 60. That's got to uh, ants. But they boil them down to 60, 60 minutes. 60 minutes, right. yeah. And I watch those. Like, I've watched the Utah-Oregon Pac-12 title game three times 
already because I flick on that station during the day or at night, whatever, and I watch that so I can get a better feel for what these other teams are doing in the conference. And so I have a you know I have some frame of reference, but to me I'm taking Moss every time because I watch him play. I've seen the tackles that he's broken. I've seen the transformation in his body. I've seen how serious he is when you interview the kid. The kid's very articulate, but he's all business in his yes, interviews. He is. he is. You know yeah. because he's, he's very a, mature. He's about yeah. coming out here with a sole purpose, and he accomplished that purpose. So those are the things that I obsess about. And, you know, years from now, when I'm done, maybe I don't. But for now, absolutely. We have to be informed on what the people want to hear. And for us, it's obviously jazz has always been number one. The Utes have made the most significant rise since I've been here. I don't think that 18 years ago when I started this work, I don't think I would say as strong about Utah. Talking about now. football? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah. it's night and day. And I can argue basketball was U- more important. U topics carry segments now, and when yeah. we started doing the show, they didn't. I was thinking about this yesterday. If you're a Ute, and we talked about the win over Kentucky, which was a great win for the basketball team, what was more painful? You like to deal what's better. I like to deal in pain. All right, let's go to agony. Was it? The Pac-12 title game a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago from today, or was it the NCAA final loss against Kentucky? I would say for most of our listeners it was football, but I think that's because most of our listeners don't have the frame of reference. It's not just uh, being a fan of the Utes in 98. It's the people who are fan of the Utes and who, like the people now, who really agonize over that football loss they've been on board for 10 or 15 years and the people who were on board in 98 a lot of them had been on board since uh the the pim teams with chambers and with Mannion, and you know they they thought they were going to go to an elite eight or a final four brains brains danny brains i didn't well maybe maybe i did and um, <laughs> upon further review, uh, he's the only three of had, the guys who still lives in the community. Yeah, they had, they thought they had the chance to go to a Final Four then, and you know they were at home one year when you could still play the Sweet Sixteen at home, and they got beat. And so they were Ute fans who, in '98, had ten or fifteen years of buying invested. They were there, and then the program slipped, and it was a long way. And then Majerus got them back, and they had this run, and they built to it. And so it was a it was a ten, fifteen, twenty year investment for a lot of people. And so I think the people listening right now would have to say football because they have that ten to fifteen to twenty year investment in football. And I don't think, even if they remember the 98 game, they probably don't have the 10 or 15-year investment leading up to that game. Oh, I don't think it's any question that it was two weeks ago tonight. Yeah. But that basketball loss is enormous. And people have the run-up. We've heard from them on social media. Yeah, it's still a chance to go to the Rose Bowl, to run out on to the Rose Bowl field at minimum. And, and very likely go to the playoff, the way everything broke down. Yeah. I think it could have happened. I think it would have happened if they had beaten Oregon. I think they would be preparing for LSU as we speak. Yeah, that would be absolutely what it would be. Uh, what's that? Uh, that's a week from tomorrow, right? Next Saturday is when they, they play those games. And I think that's what it would have been. So the stakes, and football's just bigger 
than basketball. It just is. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So to me, I think if you put out a poll, put out at one of your poll spiels. Poll spiel yeah. coming. Yeah. Incoming. What, what was more painful? And I think Should you I would put say, the jazz in there? Oh, you're going to go jazz finals? Yeah. That's going to. That's, that's too overwhelming. Yeah. That'll just swamp the boat. <laughs> that, that'll swamp everything. Yeah, that'll skew. Most, co- most painful college loss in our community. While you're doing that, let's go to Scott. Hey, Scott. Good morning. 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 Hey, Whatever you guys are smoking, I want some. Um, <laughs> the, 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 huge, the huge title game in 98, it, it's so not even close with the Pac-12 championship. We were playing for a national championship. We were control of the game until the last five minutes. Um, you know, it's just not even close. The Pac-12 championship was to maybe get into the playoffs. Um, this was for all for everything. I mean, I've rewatched that game ten times on online, and uh, it's it's just still haunts me to this day. Well, all right, Scott. I mean, that's an opinion, and I'll allow you to have it, even if it's wrong. Thanks for the call, but. I think the playoff, college football, come on, man. There is nothing bigger than college football. At the collegiate level, obviously the Jazz at the NBA level are gigantic, but the collegiate level, college football, to get in the Rose Bowl. See, you know what that is, Scott? That's never having been there and watching your team run out on January 1st in the granddaddy. The granddaddy. I heard That's in his voice, and he's gone, but I heard in his voice the age that he had that 15-year uh, buy-in I was talking about. And as much as this is big, it could be topped if one day the youths are in the playoff and they lose to that. Let's say all these guys are recruiting now, and they reload, and three years, two, three years from now, they got a senior quarterback, however it plays out, whoever the guy ends up being. And they lose in a football title game, then that'll dwarf what happened last week. Okay. Well, then in three years from now, their program sucks, and they're <laughs> just finding a way to beat Colorado to get to a sixth win. I mean, you just made something up. How do I argue with that? You don't. I'm winning That's the, the Idaho lottery, so I'm quitting tonight. Aha! <laughs> He just, he just made something up. Do you want me to add a third game to that, or do you just want those two? There's nothing really the third game I'm trying to think. What would compare? Uh, ten in a row to the Utes for the Cougars. Okay, i got to rephrase the question. All right. Why? It, well, the most painful college loss, that's ten losses. The streak. Uh, the first one. I don't a- a- any, Okay. Any a- any number of ones there. The Vegas Bowl. The Vegas Bowl? Only time you played in a bowl against these two teams. <laughs> I like the streak myself. Okay. That's pretty painful. <laughs> uh, but I, to me, it's last week come to go to the Rose Bowl and maybe even go to the playoff and, and you were favored. See, you, you were the proverbial house money against Kentucky. You went to the Final Four. And they still celebrated. They had a reunion of that team. A couple years back or last year, whenever it was, right? They had a parade. You lost and you had a parade. <laughs> so there was still all sorts of celebration. You had a parade and you lost. 
Yak, I got room for a fourth. You want to put anything on this, or should we just go with the three? I've been trying to think of something. I think the three are probably our best bet. Okay, we're going with the three. I think you've got to put RSL's loss to Sporting Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. It was college. Now you're changing into pros. So, yeah, but DJ, what you can do, just put other. No, 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 no. no. It's not high level pros. I mean, you have the same principle there. Go ahead, Yak. He said other. That's a good one. Just put other there. Other. People can respond with something else. How about yep. Weber James Madison? See? <laughs> that would fit under other. Ooh, that'd be click good. other, click other, and then tell us what your other game is. Because that was. Okay, but then. That was it for Weber State fans. That was put, agony. Put please explain. Well, it's too late. I posted it. Oh. I know. All right. You, Find it on Twitter, David DJ James. Twitter should have something to edit. Facebook does. Why doesn't Twitter? It Come does, on, Twitter. It does not. So once it's posted, that's it's it. it. Yeah, I mean, I could delete it and start over again. But mm-hmm. I don't want to. No, you're fine. No. And if people listening can see other and tell us what it is. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, uh, the governor is now sitting down next to us here at the road home. We will talk to him shortly. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz get the win in Atlanta, 111-106. Donovan Mitchell scores 30 points. He's averaging 25 points a game now, one of the top 12 scorers in the NBA. Rudy Gobert chips in 20 points and 13 rebounds. Bogdanovich added 19. Jazz plays Charlotte tomorrow. It's an early game, 3 o'clock Mountain Time. The Zones coverage begins at 2 o'clock with the pregame show. Also in the NBA last night, both L.A. teams lost. That's a rarity. The Bucks beat the Lakers 111-104. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 34 points. And the Rockets come back to beat the Clippers 122-117. to College football coming up tonight. Utah State and Kent State in the Frisco Bowl. 5.30 on ESPN2. Scotty G with the call. 4.30 the pregame show on 12.80 The Zone. The Big Show will continue to air on 97.5 The Zone. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. The savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Jeep. Get a new Jeep for less with employee pricing. Plus, when you stop by during the Big Finish event, visit us today. Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kalani Sataki, kind enough to join us. I was thinking back to our time there at BYU and these bowl games. We had a lot of fun events, you know, going out to rodeos, going to Elvis Presley's house, you know, had rental cars, moved all over the place, had a blast. <laughs> You know, being a teammate with Hans Olsen and knowing some of the stuff that he tried to get away with on the road, does that prepare you as a coach on some of the stuff that your players may try to uh, get away with? Oh, yeah. We call it the Hans approach. That's what, uh, <laughs> Hans is over here talking about rodeos and going to Elvis Presley's house. I forgot we even did that when I went to the bowl game. <laughs> I just remember Sean King kicking our butt that year, you know, so. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Come join The Zone at ARUP Monday, December 23rd from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. ARUP Blood Services, 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes and you will receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. The governor is going to join us momentarily. We're broadcasting live from the road home. The Mediathon continues. 801-819-7300 is the number to call to make a donation. 163 kids living in the shelter here at the uh, Midvale Family Resource Center. We just got a $1,500 donation from Mike. Thank you, Mike. He wanted those Jazz Rocket tickets, PK. 
Oh, yeah. We still have Jazz Celtic tickets February 26th, Jazz Clipper tickets April 7th, a $1,500 donation, and boom, you help out some kids and you go to a Jazz game. Oh, yeah, get to boo Gordon Hayward. <laughs> See? <laughs> and be close enough that he'll hear you. Yeah. Uh, the Gordon Montage, which uh, is hilarious but has been banned, apparently gets a one-time appearance on the air if someone makes a $1,500 donation. And for $3,000, you can own it. They will send it to you. So if you want the Gordon Monson Montage, 801. It's worth every dime. 819-7300. Give me a 1000 and I'll find a way to send it to you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> On the black market. I'll do it for 500 so let's go. <laughs> Yuck. Right, 499 Yawk for 500 it's like bucks. like reverse price Yuck. is right. I have, the, I have the database right here in front of me, so let's Yuck do this. will have it in your inbox when you, <laughs> when you come to work. <laughs> Governor just gave me the stink eye. I don't know what that was about. All right. He's right next to us on another station, so he will be joining us momentarily, probably, hopefully. We were told we were next. Apparently, that's a lie. (laughs) Freaking John Carter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, USA Today has a list out, PK, with the Star Wars movies taking over the theaters here through the Christmas holidays. Uh Uh-huh. Yoda calling the shots, Princess Leia and Rey out of the backfield, Darth Vader sealing the edge, and, of course, Luke Skywalker under center. What a 22-man football team would, made up entirely of Star Wars characters would look like. So they got the story there. They'll drive some traffic. That's Not like you. Okay, but wouldn't Han Solo be the OBJ Moss, Owens wide receiver, popping off and making big plays? That's still stupid. That's a stupid comparison. It's all about the clicks for USA Today. It's goofing dumb, around. It's a dumb comparison. There it is. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I clicked on this to see how the voting is going. The most disappointing. And people are sending in some great disappointments in I, sports. I saw one I think that is really, really legitimate. Uh, there's one here, and I want to make sure I give credit to the guy who got it to us first. Daniel. Brandon Davies, weak bracket, and a team that could have made a run. Oh, there's no question. That was a 5 That's 4 team with Brandon Davies. An excellent point there's, there's by no Daniel. Doubt. There's no doubt. Right. Yeah. You look at how that regional played out with all the overtime games. It was right there for the taking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think they go to the Final Four. I, I, I really, really believe that. If, so that was. That hadn't happened. That was brutal. Yeah. That was brutality right there. Excellent job by you, Daniel. Yeah. We wiped it out of our brains. You were right there front and center. So that was a loss. Obviously, that was a devastating yes. loss. Uh, 45% of the vote right now is going for Utah-Kentucky 98. Because they really haven't had a big man like Brandon since, have they? Am I missing right. anybody? And to I mean, Mika was Jimmer, okay, but he was out the door. To combine it with Jimmer's senior season. To combine Collinsworth it with, was on that team. To combine it Jackson with Emery was a great defensive that player. had tournament experience from the year before. For sure. Yeah. It was really all the components were there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. I agree with you. I agree with that completely. 6% for other, 23% for the Pac-12 title game with Oregon, 25% for Utah's streak of nine straight over BYU, and then 45% for Utah-Kentucky, the 1998 NCAA Final. The national championship. If you don't know what you're missing, how do you know you're missing it? Okay, balance that against this argument. 
Ute fans, as bitter as that was, they think they'll be back with a chance to win the Pac-12 title game. They don't see themselves back in the NCAA Final Four. They don't see themselves back in the NCAA title game with a chance to win. So, that you held a parade. <laughs> that's Because that's going to be the high water mark. Right, which makes, sure, okay, it makes it even more devastating here for football. You've got to crack the barrier. And don't be so sure that this is going to be a regular occurrence either. Because they've done it two years in a row. They feel like it's going to be a regular occurrence. Don't be so sure. Balanced against, it's not Utah. It's never the the team and the logo. you got to have the right people. And that's easier some places than others. And with Kyle, they got the coaching staff and the group together to do it. But if Kyle hangs it up, then all bets are off. Plus, that doesn't have anything to do with the competition. The competition was down. What if SC gets it together and goes on a 10-year run and just blots out the sun, basically? Yep. What if Mel Tucker at Colorado? Let's not forget Colorado was a power nationally. Yep. And the guy guy who had it left. And then what? Right. But who's to say Tucker is... And I'm just using him as an example. I mean... this guy's got all sorts of qualifications. I've been around him a couple times, and he's an extremely impressive dude. Who's to say he can't do it? You don't know. I mean, uh, probably not, but you don't know. So it's the, the, the fallback point, default point, is always easy SC. I get that. I, I understand that. But who, who knows? Who, who knows who uh. it might be? This pro model in the desert. Heaven help us if that happens. I'll be totally unbearable then. <laughs> you're, just, you're just mostly unbearable at 7-5. Yeah, right, right. Imagine him at 10-2 and two in the Pac-12 title game or 11-1 and one or 12-0. and 0. Yeah. Uh, blowout nail biters. That's a heck of a uh, Twitter handle. Says, the old farts like me remember 1998. That was a brutal loss. Also because it was so close to the Jazz's brutal losses. It was the last hope to bring a big time yeah, trophy. I mean, obviously, home. you had the Jazz the prior spring and then the following spring. Yeah. Or summer, even. Two months later. That was just in June. Pain on top. Yeah, I guess three months, you're right. Yeah. Pain on top of pain. <laughs> it's like sporting pain, but pain nonetheless. Yeah. But see, I think that the, the reason why last week or two weeks ago trumps it, because I really believe that most folks were happy to be there. And two weeks ago, nobody was happy to be there. No, no, no. It was all about winning it. Yeah. And there was a happy to be there. That's straight out of Zach Moss's mouth. Yeah. He thought there was some happy to be there a year ago. Right. And you won with six and three. This year, you won with eight and one with a a seven-point loss in which they chucked the ball up and big-time guys came down with it. Who's to say you could have played SC ten times and beaten them nine? Right. I, I can't say that about Oregon. You would have played them ten times. You're beating them nine. No, because they pushed you around yeah, at the yeah, line. Yeah. And, and everybody had such high hopes because you were smothering people. It was a big surprise that they beat Carolina. It was. Yeah. It was. I can remember yeah. that. Uh, the score was relatively close, but it felt like they were in control of the game. Uh, well, I had my reservations booked home for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, but once the game started, didn't you think they can do this? They can totally do this. Oh, in that game? That Obviously, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, yeah. I thought they were going to get beat because yeah, they had in. Carter and Jameson. And right. those, those, those two guys played years and years and years in the league. Carter's actually still in the league. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Steven's surprise. 
Utah's schedule was garbage. The Pac-12 is garbage. Utah played two teams with more than seven wins and lost both of them. Spoken like a BYU fan who would give his left one to be in the Pac-12, the garbage league that it is. Now, I don't know if he's a BYU fan, but just judging by that response would lead me to believe that Steven Surprise would very much love to be in the Pac-12, and then he would be singing its praises. Uh, yeah, he's... He's retweeting Cougars, Cougs in the pros. So Cougs in the pros. Cougs in the pros. Yeah. So the the Pac-12 is garbage. Actually, the Pac-12, the depth of the Pac-12 is why Utah isn't in the Rose Bowl. Because everybody had at least four wins, and that doesn't get you anything as a yeah, conference. Yeah, because a team that was average, with which you expect a freshman quarterback to be average, the Devils beat Oregon. They don't beat Oregon. Oregon is in the playoff. I firmly believe, and I'll never know, but I firmly believe the winner of that game, and I didn't believe it going in, but in retrospect, I believe it now, that the winner of that game would have gone to the playoff. And then, obviously, the loser yeah. goes to the Rose Bowl. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, ASU. Much like Virginia is going ASU. to the Orange Bowl. ASU selfishly wrecked everything. Thanks, ASU. <laughs> Yeah, but how that, dare you? But the suckiness of the Pac-12, and and there's to a degree, I agree with that. It isn't the top-flight conference, and it might not be in the top two or three. But the strength of the Pac-12 was shown on that November 23rd night. How the Devils can beat—I don't know what they were underdog, but they obviously would have been an underdog. I don't remember, but that they were able to knock off the Ducks in that. It would have been interesting to see how the Utes would feel about the Rose Bowl as a consolation prize if it were to if they if Oregon had gotten in the playoff. It would have felt good. It would have felt might better have than felt, the Alamo Bowl. Might not have felt great, but it would have felt good. Okay, I, I can't argue that. No. Pasadena on New Year's Day would have been fun. Uh, nothing against San Antonio I, in the Alamo Bowl, but I, it's obviously way better. I actually came down uh, back here to the Road Home Mediathon for TV live shots last night, and one of the sponsor donors, you fans, they were talking while we were sitting there. Like we were going to Pasadena. Oh, for we, sure. We had a plan. Yeah. We were all set. We were ready to go. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. Tell these people to take pictures of the governor. I know. Afterward, don't they know we're up against a break? Because we got Joe Ingles, <laughs> governor. All right, we can't. He's about to sit down. Yach's advising us to go to break. He is going to pivot 90 degrees and sit. And, yeah, we got Joe Ingles coming on. on, He's not running for election anymore. Yeah, right. There we go. (laughs) 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 The governor of the great state of Utah, Gary Herbert, sitting down to join us here at the Road Home Mediathon. If you'd like to call and donate, 801-819-7300 or theroadhome.org. Before we start talking about really important stuff, we meet again. (laughs) First off, good morning. Good morning. Who's been been on their job? Have you been in governor longer than we've been doing the show? No, I don't know. You guys are older (laughs) than dirt, so I don't think so. But I've been governor for ten and a half years, and I got one more year to go. So don't push me out the door too fast. Oh no, not at all. Along with four and a half years as lieutenant governor, so I've been in the executive branch for a long time. It kind of coincides with the best times that Utah's ever had. Oh, nice. Talk about a winning team. (laughs) What were you doing in 2002? 2002, I was a county commissioner in Utah County and uh, doing a little real estate. I had a 
a nice real estate company. I did the old Yogi Berra thing. I came to a fork in the road and I took it. Took it. it. Yeah. And uh, I was just uh, uh, doing great things and having a great life in real estate. And I got hooked on politics. I ran for office and got elected. You messed everything up, didn't you? Know, you? So yeah, I'm going to write a book. Quarters. It's going to be called Gary Herbert, An Improbable Journey, nice. which it is. In parentheses, I'll say... Maybe I should have stayed in real estate. <laughs> My real estate friends have done very well. <laughs> While I've been in office, they've been making a ton of money. We started in April of 02. That's when we started the show together. April of 02. Yep. Well, uh, I was just being a, a county commissioner down in Utah County, and uh, I started in 1990. This will be my 30th year of elected office. And the population of Utah County was 263,590 when I took office in 1990. And now they're about 600,000, fastest growing area of our state. And in about 20 years, 25 years, I think the projections are that Utah County and Salt Lake County will merge at the same. And you can see the merging. I mean, the point of the mountain is no longer a point of the mountain. And uh, our population central economic hub really is Salt Lake County, Utah County. And uh, it's it kind of remarkable what we see is taking place. The news today, I don't know if you saw, heard, I know you guys probably pick up on this. Uh, Department of Labor Statistics came out today. Unemployment rate in Utah is now 2.4%, the lowest in our history. Oh, sweet. And so our, G, and our growth, the, the job growth creation, we lead the nation in private sector job growth creation. Our GDP growth is about 3.4% twice the national average but we've had this trend for the last three years so we're in a good place and uh, art laffer who you all follow i know uh ronald, i like his curveball yeah, yeah he, <laughs> <laughs> he he was ronald reagan's economic advisor and uh, he predicts he has a publication called rich states poor states and he talks about the outlooks so it's not where, where we've been what is the future that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time right and he said the outlook for Utah economically is the best of any place in America today. We have the largest middle class, most diverse economy. We just have a lot to be thankful for, which is why today we want to dig deep and show our gratitude for the blessings we received by helping the folks here at the Road Home. And those who really, for whatever reason, have not shared in the benefit of this economic growth and expansion, they're having struggles for who knows why. The Road Home is a place for them to come and get help, counseling, treatment, and get them back on their feet and take care of them. And by the way, we are the most generous people in America. Charitable giving, number one. Volunteerism, number one. And if I, I'm a believer that if you do those things, you're happy. Guess what? By actual Gallup poll, we are the happiest people in America. I think it's because we char- we're charitable and we volunteer. We help our neighbors. We care. So today is an opportunity for us to share, uh, share with what we have and to show that we care here at the Road Home. So thanks for what you guys are doing to help raise some money. 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300 is the number to call and make a donation. You can also go online to theroadhome.org. So with all the good economic news you have, we still have a homeless population and we have people struggling. And there are several things we can talk about of why that is. One of them is certainly affordability of housing. The rental vacancy rate seems to be bouncing around 2 or 3%, which is really just people moving, coming and going, mm-hmm. fresh coat of paint, and somebody else moves in. And so we're seeing people, there's, they've got to absorb a $100 rent increase, and then they've got to absorb another $100 rent increase. And Michelle Flynn, the interim director at the Road Home, is saying most of the people in this family shelter last night are employed. 
the majority of them, and yet they can't afford housing. What can be done about that? Well, it, it, it's a multi-pronged uh, problem. Uh, we have success. We have in-migration. People mm-hmm. were the fastest-growing state in America. So people want to be here. And uh, it's the old economics of supply and demand. We have a high demand for housing in all of its various forms, and we have a limited supply. Some of this has to do with zoning. We need to work with our local governments, our cities and our counties to make sure that zoning allows higher density, that we can, in fact, find more affordable ways to build and construct new homes, provide multi, uh, multiple units for rentals, which is kind of the first rung on the ladder of housing and shelter. So there's things we can do there. Our Utah Housing Authority, which usually gives a little lower rate of interest to help people in times past. But the problem today is our interest rates are so low now that really uh, it's, people, it's not a cost of money problem. It's really a cost of the housing problem. So uh, we are going to be meeting together with our home builders uh, and the Home Builders Association, the Realtors Association, local governments to say, what can we do together to address this problem? What are the barriers? Generally speaking, if there's a high demand for something, somebody will say, hey, I'll make that hamburger. I'll make that, uh, you know, that shirt. I'll make that whatever it is uh, and provide uh, relief for the demand in the marketplace. It's not happening right now in housing, at least certainly at the rate that we need to have, and we need to find out why that is. I think bringing those people, and governors are good at convening, get people to show up. We'll see if we can find a way to make this better. Now, I think one of the things that when we see when we're giving our money, we want to make sure that it's not going to waste. And if we see it's literally going to a good cause, we'd be more inclined to do that. What type of success stories are you aware of as far as organizations like the Road Home to where Joe, whomever, citizen, gives his money, and then we see that this is what it goes to, and this is the success that it leads to? Well, there's probably a lot of stories. I'll just tell you one. We have uh, people that are impoverished, and that means if you're making less than $25,500 a year, that's the poverty level. So if you make less than that, you're below poverty. We're concerned about people up to 170% of poverty in our state, and our tax reform that we're talking about is trying to give relief to that segment of people. Our workforce services, we have programs designed to help people to help themselves. It's one thing to give you a fish. It's another thing to teach you to fish. You've heard the old adage. Yeah. So I'll talk about a family, that, and there's two kinds of poverty. There's situational. You, you have a health issue. You divorce. You lose your job. That's situational and temporary. There's intergenerational poverty, which is grandparents, parents, and children. For whatever reason, they're in this uh, hole that they can't seem to get out of. A lot of it has to do with lack of education. So we've met with a family. Uh, they were impoverished. They're the third generation. Uh, of poverty. Their kids are starting to flunk out of school. What to do? We got them together. We met with the, the father and said, what would you like to do? You know, you don't have a job. He dropped out of school. And I said, what would you like to do? He said, you know, I always thought I could do something with computers. He didn't get help at home when he was a kid. He didn't get help from any examples around him. And so we said, we'll provide for housing. We'll provide for food. And we'll send you back to school. He went to one of our technical colleges, had a year program. He learned skills on computers. And we required only from him to go to school and to come back and do his homework at the kitchen table and bring his kids with him. 
they were flunking out. So the kids have got to sit down with you and do homework together. Family o- o- operation. He, he got out of his uh, kind of a technical certificate, but it got him a job paying $35,000, $36,000 a year, which yeah. doesn't sound like a lot. But for him, it was like, wow, yeah, yeah. I'm making $36,000 a year. I'm above poverty. His kids learned better habits. They went back to school, and they were excelling. And the good news for this gentleman is that he not only got a job, but where he went to employ, they said, you know what, we're going to send you back to school. We're going to pay you. We're going to send you back to school to get more uh, 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 training and skills on computers, which allows him now to move up to $60,000 a year income. Whoa. And who knows what the future is going to bring as he continues. But it's changed his whole trajectory in life. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what the road home, our workforce services, working together can do for individuals and families. Last thing before we let you go, uh, there's a strong mental health component to homelessness and to the education piece you're talking about. I know from talking to people in the Granite uh, Canyons and Davis districts, they're really worried about what they're seeing with elementary school age kids. What can be done to improve the mental health of Utahns? Because that will improve everyone's productivity and education. Well, uh, I put in $28 million, and the legislature agreed this past budget cycle, $28 million for just new counselors, more counseling in schools. For a variety of reasons, but uh, at the top of the list is making sure we have mental health. We have good mental health, and we see signs of trouble. Now, let's, let's head it off in advance. So better counseling, then we'll see the same thing. We'll expand in, I think, this next budget, too. Uh, for those who have mental health problems, it's, uh, it's not a matter of just ignoring them. It's not a matter of turning a blind eye, and it's not a matter of warehousing them. It's a matter of getting them treatment and helping them uh, so that they can help themselves become productive members of society. We have mental health courts now. Mm-hmm. So people are arrested for vagrancy, and they find out it's a mental health problem. We don't just put them in jail. We get them into treatment so they can get better. Uh, same thing with substance abuse. People have a drug habit that they're trying to kick. That's, you know, they, it's hard to do it on your own. We won't just put you in jail and warehouse you. We're going to give you treatment and help you. We have drug courts that allow that to take place to help people. Then that allows them to help themselves, which is really how things should evolve. But that helping hand that we have here in Utah uh, is something that I'm proud of. Uh, we have great people. Uh, and uh, doing great things. That's the secret of our success. So um, now's the time. You know, holiday season always makes us think about serving others and finding ways. We have so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for. Let's share a little of that, showing our gratitude by helping somebody else who needs a helping hand. 801-819-7300 is the phone number. You can donate online at theroadhome.org. Governor, thank you very much. Thank you. Some of your people are giving us a stink eye. You have to go talk to more people. (laughs) Well, always good to see the dynamic duo. So, All right. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. Governor Gary Herbert of the great state of Utah. We're going to take a break. Joe Ingles is coming up on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.